episode. I have C from the Parchment Crone on Instagram. That is her handle and you can find her there. And then also she has come out with a podcast with a friend called The Crone and the Alchemist. So definitely check that out. And oh my God, this was such a fun talk. We talked all about books. She's like totally, hence the parchment crown. Um, She calls herself a literary witch, which I love. And this idea that like books and witchiness come together in this beautiful tornado storm of magic. That's what we're going to describe this podcast of a tornado of magic I love that so we talk about really fun poetry and poems and writers and tarot archetypes we really go into the tarot she is an amazing tarot reader and she does tarot readings for only ten dollars oh my god what a deal so get on that people so if you guys want to book her for a reading you can do that over instagram and just send her a dm um again the parchment underscore crone and i think that's about it to describe the episode um we start talking a little bit about sylvia plath and she mentions a poem of hers and I'm gonna like sneak it in to the podcast while we're listening so if it's like oh my god who is that Sylvia Plath talking it is I have inserted her voice from the technology gods have you guys read that book what is it um is it city of gods um where they like you have the technology god and they're all like competing for power that's really fun it's also like a stars mini series or something anyhow so sorry if i got that name wrong um regardless moving on people oh it's mercury retrograde Mercury and Gatorade, as they like to say, as the kids like to say. Um, That's probably why I am like stumbling through this intro, but that's okay. We're going to keep going. Nevertheless, I persisted. So what else is going on, guys? Tell me about your day. I wish you guys could just like talk back to me. That would be amazing. I would love that. But since I'm here all by myself recording this intro, I'll talk about me. Um, Let's see what's going on. Weird things with my dreams have been happening. 
I guess it's the whole like Pisces retrograde. I have to say this retrograde was not as bad as last year. I feel like last year I was like falling apart a little bit, but this year at least I have my shit together and it's just like weird like synchronicity slash like teleportation to like other dimensions in my dreams and like weird shit just keeps happening um and I've been doing a lot of money magic has anybody ever done that I got this really cool candle from enchantments I was trying to think of what it was called so many people told me to go to enchantments so y'all I did it I went it was super cute it was in the west village i think it sounds so cool doesn't it in new york city and it was so cute in there i don't know if cute is actually the word i would use but (laughs) it was very authentic like okay how can we describe this like the smell of old books even though they were new books like herbs lined up everywhere like you wouldn't be surprised if you saw like a mouse scurry across the floor not saying that it looked dirty or anything but just like for the ambiance there were like stones everywhere I got a rune um I hope that's how I say it I hope like I'm not like totally butchering that but it had like this um money like wealth sigil on it and my sister was like very like do you even know when they did that on the like the election day because like when you like cast a spell if you do it on the wrong time astrologically it can really like fuck everything up and I'm like well the day that I'm buying it the moon is in Taurus which feels very wealthy to me so that's something and it just felt good so I got it and I love it and then I bought this candle so it's like this green candle and what did it say it said when you burn this candle down to the socket luck to the home and gold to the pocket which I love a little rhyme yes so cute And it was a green candle, a bayberry candle. And it just felt good. I was excited to try it. So I burned that shit all the way down as of yesterday. I've been really burning it. Burning the midnight oil, people. Um, But this is what I have learned. And it was weird because shit started happening like immediately. Like, I feel like, okay, from my experience with doing this, this is like, I don't want to say this is like the first like quote quote spell because I've done like rituals before but this feels like a little bit different this is like the first something that I've done I don't even know like money magic I would say um it for me it all boils down to self-worth like it brought up so many things that I needed to work through and it brought up like unconscious um, shit within myself that I needed to work through 
And it made me think about like what wealth even means to me and why that means it to me and what my beliefs are surrounding that and why I feel like deserving of it or undeserving. And it was just, it was all very interesting. Like this happened within like, I don't know, a week or two it's been. Um, I feel like I'm like running. Um, yeah, like for real magic, for real, like weird dreams, um, like facing me with this idea of like scarcity that I've been having, um, the weird like ring dream where I had this dream about this eyeball ring. If you saw, I posted on my Instagram and then I, it was like $551 in my dream. And I was like, I can't afford this ring, but it's really cute. Um, and then I like two weeks later, after I got this money candle, the ring shows up at work and it's like legit the same ring. It was so weird. And like subconsciously, I like knew to look for it. I was like, where's my ring? Um, and it was only $25, which was a lot more reasonable. So I bought it. But that was weird. And that kind of made me think about like, okay, what are like my scarcity ideas? Why do I feel like I can't afford things? Not that I would spend like $551 on a ring, but also I was listening to a podcast that day and then they were talking about like the, what do they call it? I don't know like exactly what they were talking about, but it was Adam Summers podcast, I believe. Um, I want to make sure that's right. Maybe I'll say at the end, I'll check. But his Holes to Heaven podcast, I think that's what it's called. Um, And he has an amazing podcast. Anyway, they were talking about Venus and they were talking about numbers. And like the numbers of Venus were like something similar. It was like five like 51 or something I don't know it was fucking weird so then like this idea of like beauty and Venus were tied in that day ah it was so weird guys shit has been bananas anyway so self-worth does you know the things that you desire feeling as though you're worthy of them and I'm not trying to like spiritually bypass I know there's like systems that are against people um This is just, I feel like, I guess, sharing from my experience, my privilege, my, um, my subconscious as it speaks. So take what you will from it and leave the rest. I love you guys. So that's enough of me ranting. I hope that you are enjoying this Mercury Gatorade. And that's it, guys. Enjoy. See from the parchment crown i hope you enjoy i love you i'll see you on the other side
So go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Okay, so uh, my name is C, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, the parchment underscore crone. And that is uh, usually what I go by, uh, usually the crone or the parchment crone. And I've been a solitary witch for about, I'd say about three years and practicing tarot for about four to five years. Nice. So how'd you get into all of it? So actually, so I work in a library. So one day I was uh, looking through our catalog online and I saw a tarot book and I was like, hmm, that looks interesting. And then uh, I took it out and I started reading about tarot. And uh, as I started reading tarot, I realized that um, being a witch just kind of came, not naturally, but it just kind of grew organically into what I was practicing with the tarot and all these things I was discovering. And then I connected with the community in the place where I live. And it all just kind of grew from there. Nice. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel like the two mediums mix? Um, I feel that, sorry. No, go ahead. ahead. I probably, I asked a question and then I started elaborating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it, for me, it's just, they both kind of just connect with me the same kind of way. Um, I've recently started reading tarot more in a different way than I used to. So it's more, um, it's more like a, it's more like a story. So I, I'm a literary witch. So a lot of my uh, practice revolves around uh, learning, reading um, books on the topic, writing my own spells, that kind of stuff. Um, so at the beginning when I started doing tarot, I didn't, nothing really, it, like it clicked, but you didn't, I, I didn't find that, that thing, you know? And then mm-hmm. when I started practicing witchcraft and realized, hey, I can use my writing and my love for the words uh, in books and all of that and combine everything. So it all just kind of came together very organically for me. I love that. And there's so much like symbolism. I mean, writing is symbols. I mean, yeah, and, the alphabet. Yeah, and like, yeah, and like tarot is basically the fool's journey, right? And it's a story. It's a story of archetypes. So once I, once I got all that figured out, it was just kind of, it's just kind of become a huge part of my life. So. That's so cool. So. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite card? Oh gosh. Oh, I have I have a few. So I've when I first started practicing, I was really drawn to the hermit. Mm. Um, which I is just the introspection and the whole archetype of it just I was really, really drawn to it. And I'm a big fan of the suit of wands. Um I really like the two and three of wands as well. But I would have to say, because the hermit is my first favorite card, that one is definitely one of my favorites. You said the the first and second of wands? No, uh, uh, the two of wands and three of wands. Two sorry. of wands and three of wands. So tell me more yeah. about that. Because that's very interesting. Yeah, I just like, um, I just love the the symbolism on the, uh, on like the RWS cards. Um and to me, it's just, it's the beginning of, of, of a journey, right? And I don't know why I've always connected with the wand suit. Um, it's just, I don't know what it is. And it's just two of wands. I just love, I just love the imagery of it. The, the looking out across the ocean and the getting ready to, like, if you take the card literally, it's about 
travel, right? They're holding the globe in the hand and just looking out about where they could maybe be. And it's just always been like that for me. Um, I just love the, I'm, I, I take things as I see them. So I just really like the, uh, the picture on the card for sure. And the whole, um, I don't know, just, just the, the experience I have with it for sure. I almost think of like the two of wands as like you're entering a portal and then the three mm-hmm. of wands, you're like coming out the other side of the portal. Yeah. That's actually a great way to look at it. I never even thought of it that way. Um, yeah, it's just the two cards connect so well together, obviously, because it's two and three. So it's just, it's like a beat. Like, yeah, it's like walking through a door, I guess, right? It's like going in and then coming out on the other side. So what are some things, are you like a New Year's resolution type of person? Um, I am a, so I'm actually doing a depth year. Have you heard of a depth year before? No. So it's kind of, I really wouldn't call it a New Year's resolution. So um, on the surface, it's about not accumulating things you don't need. Love um, that. So I, I, I buy a lot of clothes. I have a, I have a clothes buying uh, habit. Um, so on the surface, a depth year is not accumulating anything you don't need. So um, not spending any money on things that you you already have that kind of stuff. Um, under the surface is. Um, it's about coming back to things you've abandoned. So projects you've abandoned in the past, books on your shelf that you have been reading, quote unquote, for a year um, mm-hmm. and not not adding any more to your list. Um, so in terms of New Year's resolutions, it's kind of, it's not really the same thing, but um, I'm, doing, I'm doing a depth year instead, basically. So I'm not going to... I've made some exceptions. <laughs> there are actually a couple of tarot decks I've been really looking forward to uh, buying, and they're coming out this year. So I've made it an exception for those. And Which um, ones are those? Uh, the Fifth Spirit Tarot by Claire Ooh, Burgess. I think. Yes. yes. So, so excited. I literally... So gorgeous. Um, I'm just over the moon about it. I'm so excited. And... Oh, the other one, I'm going to have to bring it up on my phone. I'm sorry. I forget what it is. One second. Um, oh, goodness. One second. Well, I'm looking for it. We can look for... Um, we'll I can say, music. Yeah. Oh, so, that was crickets. <laughs> whoopsies. <laughs> oh, there oh. it is. There it is. <laughs> okay. One fun. second. Like, I have it up here on my on my Instagram. So I have the artist's Instagram up, but I don't know what the name of the, the name of the deck is. So are you going to have to edit all this out? (laughs) No, we won't. We'll roll with it. We'll give another magic wand. Okay. So the, so the Instagram profile, I'll just give you the Instagram profile. It's, um, uh, Alba BBGG. Um, and I don't, I would think it's not in the tags. You could just describe it to us. Like what's the feeling? It's very whimsical, which Ooh. I love so, so much. I love a touch of whimsy. Yeah. And it's just very, um, it's, it's very representative. It's a great, great tarot deck. And I just came across it. I think, I don't know if, um, I think a liminal 11 is doing it. Um, mm. Yeah, it is liminal. Uh, it's the same deck. It's the same maker that did modern witch tarot, which I'm a really big fan of as Ooh, well. Very cool. I want Yeah. That so it's. So it's the same people that are making that. So the uh, creator's name is Alba. And, oh, here it is, the White Newman Tarot. 
very cool. Yeah, and it's just I saw an image and I just fell in love with it. So I found that uh, last year, which really wasn't that long ago. And uh, so I found that. And when I started the depth year, I just made an exception for those two things. And I have it's so many books on my bookshelf that I've that I haven't read, and they're just sitting there. So hopefully, I'm going to get through most of them this year. What are some of them that you're like ready to dive into? <laughs> So I've so I have a very weird niche interest in uh, Russian history. Nice. Um, so I have a whole shelf dedicated to Russian literature and Russian history. So I'm currently reading a book, believe it or not, on Rasputin. Uh, I've been reading it for about a year because it's like 800 pages, massive. Sounds intimidating. So <laughs> it is, and it's just it's a very strange niche i love history um so i've been drawn to history since i was quite young i used to own tons of books on um english history when i was younger um and then i saw that movie anastasia which is horribly historically inaccurate like unbelievably bad but it was good and it still is a good movie but it's not historically um accurate at all but when i was a kid i didn't know that and so i um became interested in russian history at like 12 and then my interest just kind of grew from there. So I've, I have a lot of Russian history books that I haven't read yet. Do you have Russian background? Uh, no. Um, my ancestry is like, like way, way back. Like my parents are Canadian. Their parents are Canadian. So like generations, generations back is Balto-Slavic. So like the same area, I guess, but not right in Russia. Well, maybe you're a Russian in a past life. Um, you know what? Honestly, I've thought about it before because it's just, it's such a strange, it's like, it's just such, it's not a strange interest. It's just very niche, right? And I've thought about it being, um, I've thought about that before. So I've thought about doing um, past life regressions, but I haven't found anything near me yet that I'm connected to. So I'm hoping to one day do it and find out. They have YouTube ones. They have YouTube ones? Yeah. Oh, my God. The guy, like, Brian Weiss, who, like, yeah. wrote the book, The oh my God. Many Lives, Many Masters, he has, yeah. like, YouTube past life regressions. I put one on when I was, like, in the bathtub one day, and, mm -hmm. like, my world was blown. Wow. I know. Isn't that I, so cool? So it could, like, I have to reach try that. the masses. How was your experience with it? Was it okay? Yeah, I thought it was very yeah. interesting. I felt like I traveled to like this Western country mm -hmm. and I felt like I like had been thrown off a horse and <gasps> wow. I had like broken arm or something and I felt like it was something with like traveling and I don't know, it was very interesting. Wow, that's pretty intense. Yeah, it was pretty I'm gonna intense. Have I'm going to have to try that because, as I said, I've always been interested in it. Um, and, um, yeah, I've just, like, I have a few books on it. So mm -hmm. I have books on everything. But, um, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out at some point. Okay. So what parallels do you see between different archetypes in tarot and then different characters in books? Like, are there oh. any, like parallels you see that like oh my god that would totally be the high priestess or that's the magician in this story and do you want specific characters and books or do you yeah. just want yeah uh, well if any come to mind yeah it's funny because I teach I, I don't teach um 
I do a group at the library I work at, like a teen writing group. Um, and we were talking about archetypes just the other day, actually, which is very funny. Um, well, the hero's journey in books is has been written about forever. And if you think about it, it's very it's very parallel to the to the fool's journey, right? Totally. Like, totally. And it and literally the hero's journey is almost so I mostly read fantasy books. Um, and the hero's journey is literally almost every fantasy book that you read. That's in my, so not true. like not everyone, but a lot of them are the hero's journey. Um, and like the hero leaves the small town they come from and they go on a quest and they finish the quest and they come back. Right. And like, it's very it's Wizard all full, of Oz. Yeah, it is. And it's all, and it's all very full circle. Like I'm not saying the two are exactly the same, but it, like it all comes, it all comes full circle. Um, in terms of um, characters and parallels with the cards I can't really think any I can't really think of any off the top of my head in terms of ones that I've thought oh this card would be the high priestess or this would be the hermit or something but I'm sure as I'm reading I think of it and I just totally forget it (laughs) I feel like Gandalf could be the hermit oh yes that's great yeah he definitely would be the hermit I feel like Frodo would be the fool yes definitely um, what is, there's another wizard in the newer Hobbit movies and I can't remember his name. I think it's Radagast, Radagast maybe. Um, and he would, he would definitely be a hermit too. He's the one who lives in the forest with all the animals. Oh, yes. 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 I feel like Gollum could be the devil. Oh yeah. Oh, he's one of, <laughs> it's funny because, um, I watched that movie with my, um, parents a lot and my mom hates she's gonna hate me saying this she hates Gollum like she actually can't even look at the screen when he comes on um and to me he's one of my he's one of my favorite characters and he's one of the most sympathetic characters in my opinion such depth yeah he has he's his his journey is unbelievable like it's just it's sad and it's just you see him go through so much and it's just I've always felt very very connected I guess to him for some reason and I just think his character as you said has a lot of depth and he is one of my favorite characters in that book series actually what's one of your favorite characters in literature in general <gasps> oh it's a hard question um we're here so, for the hard questions <laughs> um I really like so have you heard of V.E. Schwab no but tell me okay so uh they are a fantasy writer. So the book I'm going to talk about at the library is actually cataloged as fiction, but it's kind of fantasy. Um, the main character's name is Victor Vale. Number one, I love alliteration. Me so too. I just, I, so I just, number one, I think it's one of the best character names I've ever come across. It's just. That is a great to me, name. To me, when you, when you name a character, the first impression is so important. You get a lot from a character's first name. Like like the first time you see their name written out. And once you read the book, you realize that Victor Vale literally suits this character so well. And he's just... It reminds just, me of the chariot. Like Victorious yeah. Victor. Yeah. And it's just... And he's a very, very chariot character, actually, now that you mentioned that. Um, I just... It's a it's a very 
it's a very gray book in terms of what's evil and what's good. And um, the character is, is just one of my, I love one of my that. favorite characters. Yeah. I love when a, when a character has that depth. Mm-hmm. Like they're not mm-hmm. just painted as like good or bad, but you see like the whole arc of human emotions and like why things have happened to them and then how they're like perpetuating these patterns and then you start to like feel for them and ah it's i so i'm sorry i think i don't think i said the title of the book it's called vicious um and it's just even even the title just like is perfect about the book so what's it about Um, it's so without giving to i don't want to spoil it so I, i think i reread it this year if i'm not mistaken or maybe last year um it's about two friends who discover how to become superheroes, but not superheroes in the way that we think of superheroes. So they're both, their lines of morality are both very skewed. As I said before, it's a book, and, and it's just their, their compass in terms of good and evil is very just kind of all over the place. And it's, it's just very good. That sounds good. I'm putting it on my list. You definitely should. It's a really good book. Ah, I love that. So what are... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, no, no, no. What are your astrology signs? Okay. So I am a Aquarius sun. Love that. Virgo moon. I see that. I was thinking you had to have some Virgo. (laughs) And uh, Scorpio rising. Oh, me too. Yeah, and I have a stellium in Capricorn. Me too. Yeah. Do you? Yes. Oh, I am all. We're such intense people. Oh, I have earth signs just all over the place. I love a good earth sign. I also love a good earth sign. And I just, uh, when actually to, when you said, um, when I said I was very go with the flow, I'm actually like really not at all. I prepare (laughs) I, I prepare, <laughs> I prepare for everything. Like, and, th- and I think that's why I was a little bit nervous about this because I usually I'm have like, so a list of things. <laughs> yeah, no, I just like, I would have just like, like if you had given me like a list of questions and I literally, I would have written down my answers for every single one. And then, so say if we had done it like that and you had, and you had thought of a question off script, I would have panicked. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably better that I didn't know the questions because if you had gone off script, I would have panicked and like and like seized up and not known what to say. So at the beginning, I thought, oh no, I don't have the questions. But now that we're going and everything's going good, I prefer not to have the questions. Yeah, it's so much easier. Then you can just like see what comes up. You really Mm -hmm, get mm -hmm. to know people. Yeah, yeah. It's um and yeah, it's, I'm slowly learning about astrology. Um, I'm by no means an expert, like at all. And like a scale of one to 10, I'm like a two. So it's one of the things that I wanted to learn actually more about this year because I have a, I have a few books on it. Uh, oh, there so, you go. Your depth year. Yeah. Where did you hear about the depth year thing? Um, one of, I think somebody posted about it on Facebook actually. And oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I had a friend one of my good friends actually um, told me about it, and we're actually doing it together. It's so smart. So, yeah, so we check in every day-ish to see how we're doing um, in terms of – and I also wanted to do something 
involving tarot every day to just kind of practice more and just become more, um, just become, because you can always improve with tarot, right? There's always a different layer totally. to go down and like learn more about it. So, um, whether that's, um, drawing a card or listening to a tarot podcast or reading a tarot book, it didn't matter what it was, as long as I did something that involved tarot every single day, um, that was part of my list as well. Do you pull a card every day? I try to, whether it's just for me or like, or a collective reading for my Instagram and Facebook. Um, I try to do a collective reading for Instagram or Facebook every day. But as I said earlier, my style that people have become accustomed to is more like storytelling. So like second person and it's very heavy metaphor based. So sometimes it can take me a while to write it up because it's more like a story. So if I'm at work, uh, and I come home, I, sometimes I don't do a three card collective reading. I only do a one card. Um, so it all depends on what's going on during the day. That's so fun. So do you love yeah. working in a library? Oh, I love it so much. It I sounds it. amazing. Yeah. Um, so I majored in psychology. So I love people. So, and I love working with people and I love books. So it was a great, it was a great combination really. Do you do like bibliomancy? No, I do not. Please, I so I've heard of it. I feel like I've I've, only like seen it on Instagram, mainly on like Jess's. Do you know like Jess of Goldenfinch? Like she does it sometimes, where like she'll somehow pick a number and then go over to like that decimal part like with the Dewey decimal system and like find the number and then like go to that page and then it's like a message within the book that is awesome so cool that is really cool I've never even heard of that before I tried doing it in like not as structured as a way where I went for my birthday to this old bookstore and then I just like found a book that like my intuition pulled me towards and then I opened yeah. a random page and that was kind of like my way of doing it, um, which was very fun also. But I guess it's like for whatever you're kind of, it's like divine guidance in a book. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never, I've, um, I think somewhere in my brain, it's the word is tickling me. So I think I've heard it before, but I, it but I've never actually right done up it. Your yeah. Alley. Well, yeah, it does, and it's just, um, it's strange that I, I didn't come across it because, um, I have this thing with defining things. So when I first started um, practicing witchcraft, I was a little lost in terms of what kind of witch I was, quote unquote, because like now I realize you don't have to define what path you're on, but for me, it was important. Um, and it Virgo took me a very moon. long, yes, Virgo moon for sure. <laughs> and it took me, so it took me a while. And like, I do, I research things like I research I'm trying to think of a good example. I research say vacuums for like three months before I buy a vacuum. It's like, it's, out of this world, how much research I do before I buy something. Um, I love that. Oh man. So when I was trying to define my path, it was, it was a bit hard for me because I couldn't find an all encompassing. At first I was going to say paper witch because I do a lot of work with um, spells and 
you know, burning paper and then using the ashes for spells, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then it's like, no, but I work with books and the knowledge of witchcraft and always learning, et cetera, et cetera. So I decided to just go with literary because that kind of encompasses everything. It encompasses the writing and the reading and this, all of that. So I'm surprised while I was doing my research that I didn't come across that. Yeah, I don't know where I really don't know anything about it. No, I literally obviously know nothing about it. I literally just Googled it as you're talking about it. And it, yeah, so what I've never even Google heard about it. What does the Google have to say? The Google has to say the first thing that came up was a Tumblr account, actually. Mm. Um, the Google says so the first thing that popped up was Bibliomancy Oracle, and that looks like it's a Tumblr account called Ask the Oracle. Uh, yeah, and there's a, a Twitter account for it. Is there a Wikipedia? Uh, let's see. TikTok. Oh, no. Oh, Bibliomancy, there's a definition here, is the foretelling, foretelling the future by interpreting a randomly chosen passage from a book, especially the Bible. That's what oh, Google says. I never yeah. even thought about using the Bible. Um, I guess like because extra like, intense. Yeah, I guess because each... Um, it was, I was raised Catholic, but I am don't practice anymore. But I'm trying to think of like each verse has a number associated with it, right? Right, and like a line number. Ooh, so, you like, know, it'd be cool if you like rolled dice and then <gasps> chose it. Oh, that's very D and D of you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, there, yeah. So there is there is a Wikipedia page actually. Um, it's just says. Bibliomancy is the use of books and divination. This is perfect. I'm going to have to look more into this. I've been, you know what? I've done it with like poems a lot when I was doing like writing letters to people with tarot. And then I would like turn to a random poem in a book. And then that way it was amazing how perfect it would always be. That's really interesting. I love poetry. I have quite a large collection of um poetry books and that's very interesting who's your favorite poet or what are some of them you can give me a couple this is very cliche of me but i am a huge sylvia plath fan oh yes yes. that's your scorpio rising yes sylvia she is oh i I, like i can't even express in words of what yeah yeah i can't she has taught she has her life is so, so set, like dark and, and, and it's just her, I, I, yeah, I like, I literally cannot find words to describe what her poetry has done for me in terms of, um, I read the bell jar when I was like in eighth grade and I remember that's, 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 uh, it's a pretty heavy book for a, so heavy, but I felt like it was like a coming home and I, which is so dark. For me to say, but I remember like my English teacher like saw me reading it and was like, okay, I really like you, but like something's (laughs) wrong. Something's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's quite the book. I, um, so for quite a while I was actually, I didn't read a lot. I like, I hadn't read the book. I had only been uh, reading her poetry. Um, I'm trying to actually find, she has a, I don't know if I can. Um, she has a, there's a playlist on Spotify and it's just Sylvia Plath reading her poetry. And I don't know if you've ever listened to her talk before. Have you ever no. listened to her talk? Her voice is 
so she was she was quite young when she passed away. I think she was only like early 30s. So she was probably she's so I think she was around my age. Um, her voice is she sounds beyond her years when she reads her poetry and it's 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 haunting it's eerie beautiful it's 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 a great channel and i was just looking for my favorite poem i have it saved on here it's called Ooh, nocturne yes. do you want to yeah, read it's called, is it oh long? gosh um i don't know if i could do it justice i'm not gonna lie because she just does it so well and actually i don't think i don't think you can find it's a very hard poem to find written down on google because i tried to look it up and i couldn't find it anywhere believe it or not. Okay, um, everybody needs to go look it up. Now I interrupted this podcast to bring you Sylvia herself reading Nocturne. Flint-like, her feet struck such a racket of echoes from the steely street Tacking moon-blued crooks from the black stone-built town That she heard the quick air ignite its tinder And shake a firework of echoes From wall to wall of the dark dwarfed cottages But the echoes died at her back As the walls gave way to fields And the incessant seethe of grasses Riding in the full of the moon Manes to the wind Tireless, tied as a moon-bound sea Moves on its route Though a mist wraith wound up from the fissured valley and hung shoulder high ahead, it fattened to no family featured ghost, nor did any word body with a name the blank mood she walked in. Once past the dream peopled village, her eyes entertained no dream, and the sandman's dust lost luster under her foot soles. The long wind paring her person down to a pinch of flame blew its burdened whistle in the hall of her ear, and like a scooped-out pumpkin crown, her head cupped the babble. All the night gave her, in return for the paltry gift of her bulk and the beat of her heart, was the humped, indifferent iron of its hills, and its pastures bordered by black stone set on black stone. Barns guarded broods and litters behind shut doors, the dairy herds knelt in the meadow, mute as boulders. Sheep drowsed stonewood in their tussocks of wool, and birds, twigs sleeping, wore granite ruffs, their shadows the guise of leaves. The whole landscape loomed absolute as the antique world was, once in its earliest sway of lymph and sap, unaltered by eyes, enough to snuff the quick of her small heat out, but before the weight of stones and hills of stones could break her down to mere quartz grit in that stony light, she turned back. Holy shit, that was intense. Now back to the show. Yes, go look it up. Uh, there is, I'm just Googling it now, there is a as I said, there's a Spotify playlist and it's literally called, I have it up right now, it's called Sylvia Plath Reading Her Poetry. And um, the picture is of a beach. Um, let me see if I can find Nocturne. Do you think Sylvia Plath would be the death card? Or is that too surface I think, level? 
I think that's too on the nose for her. I feel like almost like judgment card. I would say, do you know what the first one that came to my mind is for that? I just thought of the, like, I thought of the moon card as soon as you said. Yes. Uh, and I, I just, I, she's just, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when, when you just mentioned that. It's just, she's very, she has, she's very moon to me. I love um, that. Have I found the, po- yeah, I can't find the poem anywhere. And I found, I actually used to do a poetry club at my work as well. And I found that when I would, um, read poems out loud from places I found online. Some of them cut out verses mm. and skip stuff. So it's, I think it's better if um, anyone's interested who's listening to just go and listen to her reading her own poems on Spotify because she wouldn't cut anything out. And if she did, it would be her choice to do it. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend listening to Nocturne. And um, there's one more that I really, really like. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what it's called, but it'll come to me halfway through the podcast and then I will tell you what it is. <laughs> okay. So I just Googled it, the Googs, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she is a Scorpio sun. Okay. Which is right on the money. I was right say. on the money. Yep. A Libra moon, which is very okay. interesting. That is and interesting. Aquarius rising. Okay. Okay. You guys are kind of cut from the same cloth. We kind of are. And that just. You have your sun and rising switched. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I, I'm, she's, again, she's somebody I look up to in her writing. I just, it's, I'm not a poet by any means. I have been writing poetry since I was 12, but it's not like the best poetry. Oh my God, you are a poet then. Well, I guess, but like, I'm nowhere, like, I'm not obviously nowhere near as good as she was. And it's just, but she has always inspired me to do, to do more, you know, like always just keep on going, no matter how many people said, I don't like your poetry. You're not going to be published in my magazine kind of thing. So whenever I get rejected from like a poetry thing, I look Mm -hmm. up what Liz Gilbert says. Yeah. Like I've been rejected from like 5 million things, <laughs> but I kept going. <laughs> and I was and like, it's so if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> no one literally no one ever gets well, maybe somewhere in history. But no one that I've ever talked to, all my writer friends, my artist friends have ever gotten a yes on the first go. Totally. Yeah. And um I actually, so part of my depth here again is um, I've been working on a short story collection centered around death. Ooh, tell me more. um, So, and part of my depth here was to continue with it because I've been putting it off for so long. Um, My anxiety, I have a lot of um, death anxiety. So a lot Mm. of like um, more like based around mortality. And it's, it's, it's very, um, I don't really want to, get into it too much because I could talk about it for like three hours. But uh, I recently, um, I, I figured that going to it head on would be a good way to combat it because as I like to say, and many other people have said, death has a hundred percent success rate, right? Mm-hmm. So um, my fear of it, I figured would be best handled tackling it head on. So I said, why, what is better than tackling something head on by writing? So, yes. Yeah, so um, I've never written a short story collection before. I've actually never finished a novel because the just the sheer the sheer number of pages 
in a novel and writing a novel just scares the crap out of me. So I've never actually finished an actual novel before. So at the end of this year, I finished the first short story in the collection and then started the second one. And I think I have four or five planned. The first one's like 12 or 13 pages. So it's a little longer on the, like it's not, it falls in between the short story. And I think then I don't know what comes after a short story. I think I might do like novelette or something. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. So it's a little longer, um, but it was very cathartic. Um, It's super, super rough. Just like most first drafts are just a complete mess because first drafts are to just get everything on the page, get your ideas down, and then you just edit it as much as it needs to be edited, right? So um, unfortunately, I haven't even done anything about it this year. Like I haven't really um, written it anymore this year, and I probably should, but uh, I found that the best thing to do with that was to tackle it head on. And that's why, to go way back to poetry at the beginning of what we start talking about, um, Emily Dickinson is also one of my other favorite poets. Ooh, yes. Yes, and um, she has that poem that is, um, uh, oh my gosh, well, I can never remember things, so I need to remember them. Um, death would not, hold on a minute. It's very... Um, You've definitely heard it. This one I can read because it's everywhere. Yes, read it. Uh, yes, let me just. Who do you think is. Emily Dickinson would be as? Oh my gosh, a major. the hermit, the hermit. <gasps> Ooh, yes. And that might be a little on the nose too, but she. So none of I might be wrong, but none of her poetry was published until after she passed away. Um, she was very secretive with it, and I could be wrong. I haven't read anything about her in a very long time, but. If I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody will correct me. Um, most of her poetry was published after she passed away. Um, I'm one of her family members, maybe her sister found it, and a lot of it was published after um, afterward. So, and she spent a lot of time in seclusion as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, that might be a little on the nose. Okay, but... so she is a Sagittarius sun. Mm-hmm. We have another Libra moon. Oh, dang. And another Scorpio rising. Oh, well, there you go. Interesting. Okay, so the she titled a lot of her poetry from the first line of her poems. Uh-huh. I love that. So, yeah. So, um, do you want me to read it? Yes, please. Okay, so the title, which is also the first line of the poem, is called Because I Could Not Stop for Death. Ooh. Because I Could Not Stop for Death, He Kindly Stopped for Me. The carriage held but just ourselves and immortality. We slowly drove. He knew no haste, and I had put away my labor and my leisure, too, for his civility. We passed the school school where children strove at recess in the ring. We passed the fields of gazing grain. We passed the setting sun. Or rather, he passed us. The dews drew quivering and chill for only gossamer my gown, my tippet only tool. We paused before a house that seemed a swelling of the ground. The roof was scarcely visible, the cornice in the ground. Since then, tis centuries, and yet feel shorter than the day. I first surmised the horses' heads were toward eternity. Ooh. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a poem I always come back to, no matter uh, my mood, uh, where I am in life. And it's just one of my, I just love it so much. So intense. It is very intense. A lot of her poems are very intense. I love some intensity. Oh, it's great. I love it's, intensity in writing, especially. 
I, I love it. And it's, it can be conveyed in so many ways. Uh, no, and like, like I think whether the book is plot driven, character driven, setting driven, whether the author um, writes lyrically, whether they're very like uh, short and to the point, it's, it can be conveyed in many different ways. And that's what I love about words in, in, um, in general. So how do you, what's like your writing practice look like? Like, when do you write, do you write in spurts? Do you write every day? I have tried to write every day and it's a little, uh, it it kind of falls by the wayside sometimes. So when I do sit down and write, uh, I have a, (laughs) I have a writing and a reading chair. It's like a wingback yellow thing. It's, it's like my favorite chair in the world. Yeah. I love that. And I typically make playlists for when I'm writing. What's your favorite um, writing playlist? Um, I am a big Florence and the Machine fan. Ooh, yes. Get you in the uh, mood. Um, like Beyond Words fan. Like I've seen her like five plus times live and she's just like the best. Um, so I use, like she's usually my go-to. I am also, I'm a big fan of like British folk. So like Laura Marling. Um, that kind of stuff. Some more just like haunting music. Um, so I usually put on a playlist. I can't write in silence. It's just, it doesn't, I just need to be set. Like it's like a ritual, right? Totally. And I just, so I need to, um, put on some music and just, and I just usually go for it. It's not very, like, it's not stream of consciousness. It's not like, so Wolf was very stream of consciousness, but like my writing isn't stream of consciousness. Um, but I just kind of do word sprints, right? So I, so I just go for a certain amount of time. And then I stop. Um, yeah, that's basically it. There's no real so rhyme like or reason to it. So like go a bunch and then like refine it and then go yeah. a bunch more and then refine. Well, the story I was telling you about that I just finished, the short story one, like the part of the collection, I haven't edited it yet. And I finished it probably before the holiday season. So what I find works best for me is when I finish something, I step away for it. Like I step away for it for a couple, like a month or so. Um, and then I come back to it and edit it then. Mm. Yeah. This, it just gives me time to think about things that maybe I could have changed or, um, even like character name changes. Cause sometimes as you're writing, you're not going to, well, me personally, I'm not going to stick with the character name that I chose. Cause if I, if like, if something just, comes to mind I'm just going to write it down so sometimes I put in like blank spaces where character names could go mm-hmm. or make notes or make notes in actually what I'm writing and then come back and fix it later do you like how do you get like your ideas or how do they come to you very randomly uh Ooh. from literally from anything I recently had a oh what was I I was listening to a podcast. Heaven knows if I can remember the name, but they were talking about a concept. Oh, um, I think it was Three Pagans and a Cat. I was listening to them. And they were talking about translators for some reason. And then the saying translators as traitors came into the conversation. And I just got this really random idea about like, like a story based around like a world that... And it's just... It's completely like... The ideas are not formed at all, but like that, that saying just sparked something in my mind. And I was like, oh, that would make a great story. So it could be literally anything. Uh, songs, 
sometimes give me ideas to write. Um, I should really keep a notebook. And I used to, I used to keep a, like a Google doc of ideas I had. And I went through it the other day and some of them are make no sense because I wrote, because I wrote them as I was like walking down the street and listening to music or something. And something came into my mind and I should really go through them and see what they look like. I love a random list that you have on your phone for things. Oh, it's just, I keep notes. I actually went through my notes. Yeah. I went through my notes yesterday and I was like, what does this, I think I had one. I had one in my notes and it said staircases as portals. And Ooh, I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> what does that even mean? That's but like, so it's a two great two and three of wands. Yeah. And I was just like, what does it even mean? But like, it's a great idea, but I had no idea where it came from. But yeah. So do mm. you <laughs> feel like, or do you ever, when you're writing, do you use tarot in your writing process? So, yes. Um, I usually, so I will I do it not as often as I should. I actually have a book called Tarot for Writers, um, which mm. I need to read. But I'm pretty freeform when it comes to my, to like tarot readings. I don't really do like past, present, future, like each card being in a specific, um, what word am I looking for? Like each card being in a specific position. I just kind of pull the cards and read them as a story, right? As I told you earlier. Um, so I did um, a work in progress spread for one of the stories I was working on for NaNoWriMo. Um, that story went in the trash because it wasn't very good. Um, but so if I'm going to do a tarot spread for work in progress, it's typically for characters and their, um, their arcs. Um, so I would pull like a six card spread and just kind of see what story the cards told and then see if I could develop that story into the character's arc. That is so cool. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. And even if I like pulled them and I, it didn't go as planned, that's fine. But it's something that I could use and develop into a character arc, right? So it's like a springboard. Yeah, it's it's a starting point, right? So if you like, if I'm having trouble figuring out a character or whether or like where they should go next, tarot helps. I with feel that. like so much of writing is just a finding a starting point. It is. And that's what a lot of people have trouble with. Right. And like, even I have trouble with that. So one of the stories I recently started writing is about um, a little boy who has to, um, so he lives in this big Victorian mansion, like it's huge. And it's only him and his, um, him and his mother. And he, uh, there's four or five ghosts that haunt him in his room every night. Mm-hmm. And there's one specific, and there's one specific ghost who scares him a lot and because the ghost tells him things that he doesn't want to hear in terms of like the truth about um the truth about his life etc again it's not very like ironed out yet but um so I think it is so interesting with you doing this whole thing this whole collection of writing Mm -hmm. about this Mm -hmm. thing that you're scared of Mm -hmm. so how is it like I mean, I don't know, like, how much you've worked on it, but has it, like, started to help at all? Or, like, what's it been like exploring that? And I want to hear more about it and anything you have to say. Well, it's – at first it was hard, obviously, because, as I said, like, a lot of my my anxiety is around um, death and dying. Um, So it's interesting because when I first started writing the first story of the – collection I just I couldn't 
bring myself to do it. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't write about this, blah, blah. But as I started writing more, I realized that um, I, I was examining a lot of the fears I had and putting it onto the page, which in my opinion um, makes it easy, easier for people to connect with, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's just because I only finished the first one, um, it was um, it, it was hard. It took me longer than it should have to write 12 pages. Um, but it's just kind of getting over that hurdle of being scared to write about it and um, writing more. Um, I also have a lot of um, a books by, I don't know if you've heard of her. Her name's Caitlin Dowdy. She's a um, mortician in LA. She writes a lot of books. No. Uh, yeah, so she writes a lot of books um, about death. Um, she has three. One is called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Mm. The other one is called From Here to Eternity. And her most recent one is uh, Will Your Cat Eat? Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. And um, yeah, so her books have helped me a lot too because it's just an examination of um, mortality and death and everything. And it's um, And I feel like talking about it helps a lot. And the problem with that is that people don't want to talk about it, which is understandable because like death sucks, grief sucks, but it's, I find it a lot easier to, um, to overcome it if you talk about it more. And I kind of rope people into talking about it sometimes. They kind of, they kind of give me a weird look, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Oh, I totally know where you're coming from. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I just want to rope everybody into talking about it. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's once you explain to people that it's not because like the first thing you're going to get is like, that's morbid. I was like, it's not really morbid. I just like, it's going to like, you've, everyone has known someone who has passed away. Um, we are not immortal beings. So eventually it's going to happen. And it's just, it's just something that if you approach it, gently with people they they most of the times don't mind talking about it and I feel like it's so interesting once you get into like the meat and potatoes of what you think happens after death oh man yeah so like that's past life stuff if you really Mm -hmm. believe in past lives I mean it's like there's this whole other side to things and the thing is that that's where actually a lot of my anxiety comes from is because like if we just stop existing, that just sucks, right? Totally. <laughs> and it's just, so I even to this day, like I still don't know what I, what I think happens after. And I think it's something that as human beings, we search for our entire lives, right? And because it's something we'll never know, it's just, it's just a, yeah, it's just something I think we'll be searching for forever and until we die, we are not going to know what happens. Do you have any guesses? Any guesses? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, be- <laughs> this is a very funny story. So as I said earlier, I was raised Catholic. So when I was young, I thought that heaven was going to be Walt Disney World. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So I thought I was going to go up and sit in clouds and uh, Eat go on rides. cake. Yeah, and have lots of fun and never leave the happiest place on earth. Um, so when I stopped being a practicing Catholic, I literally I had no idea. And um, I hope it's past lives. I think that's 
kind of, it's at this point in my journey, it's a comforting idea. And I don't know if that's something that is good or bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, am I only falling back on it because it comforts me that my, some of my consciousness will go on kind of thing. So I'm not sure. I honestly have no idea. So how do you feel like with tarot? Cause I feel like once I started doing tarot, I feel like there's just from my personal experience, like there's a part of me that just knows that there's something else. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, do you ever have that feeling that you're like communicating with not only yourself, but like something larger? Yeah, I definitely think like there, I definitely don't think that it just kind of ends. Do you know what I mean? Like I think as human beings, our consciousness is, sorry, that was my dryer. If you heard that. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, I just think is, as human beings, our consciousness is so ex- expansive and, and great. Like, again, like I'm not like science, but like I have like no background in any of this. This is just what I think. Um, I just think our consciousness is we've only, as human beings, we've only touched the idea of what our consciousness is capable of. Does that make sense? Totally. Are you a dreamer? Yeah. Do you dream? Oh my God. Vividly all the time. Really? Tell me more. Do you have like reoccurring <laughs> dreams? Um, I've never had a reoccurring dream before. Oh but my God. Really? Yeah. But like I have the most messed up dreams. So I'm going to tell you a dream yeah, that I um, had when I was like 13. And I remember it like I had it last night. And it's unbelievable. So the dream opens up and so my eyes are the camera. So like I'm seeing the world through my eyes kind of thing. So I walk into a bar and it's crowded. And, and like, you're 13. Yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I walk into a bar and there's like smoke everywhere. And it's just, it's very atmospheric. Like it's very dark and you can hear people chatting and there's like low music in the background. And so a woman, so no, sorry. I walk up to a, the bar and I sit down. and I turn to the right and there's a woman sitting beside me. She's petite. She has brown hair and she turns toward me and she looks at me and she says, I don't know you and you don't know me, but let's talk about Martha. Mm. And then, yeah. Right. And then the scene cuts. So my dream cuts to this big cavernous room and it's in black and white. And in the middle of this room, and the room is completely empty except for this old-fashioned bathtub, the one with the claws. You know the ones, right? Totally. And there's a woman laying in it, and she and she has hair probably from like late 40s, early 50s. And she's laying in the tub that's filled with water. And she looks like she's sleeping. But she wakes up, and she screams, and she gets sucked down the drain. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that's like one of the first dreams, obviously I dreamed before that dream, but it's one of the first dreams I remember remembering so much. Like I literally remember every detail of it. What did it feel like? Because I feel like those dreams have like visceral feelings. It felt, this is going to sound really weird, but it it felt very prophetic. So like, it felt like eventually in my life, I would come to the moment where that dream would make sense. Has it yet? Um, not really. I recently had the name Martha mentioned to me by somebody. Um, but like, it's literally the only time I've ever heard the name. I so think I have of like Martha it. Washington. Yeah. And I just think it's more <laughs> like, it's an older name, right? So totally. 
like even in my family tree, like I did some digging and there's no Martha to my knowledge. Um, like I could be completely wrong because I haven't dug that deep. But yeah, so I had somebody mention the name Martha to me recently, but I haven't looked into it further or like talked with them about it. Um, oh my God, so that's that, so crazy. It's it's weird. And then if you would indulge me. Um, yes, please. I have a, I have another one, which is, it was so messed up. It was Hold like on. It's also really crazy that you dreamt in black and white. I know. That was, that was what was very weird too. That's so <laughs> bizarre. I know. It, it's, it actually hasn't happened since. That's the only time that I've dreamt in black and white. That's like the coolest thing I have ever heard. And I can't even remember what, the, what was happening, right? Because it was so long ago that I don't remember what was going on in my life at the time that I had that dream. And I wish I could because Ooh, then like maybe yeah. I could, maybe I could like match it up to something. But um, so I had this dream. Now this dream is more recent, but it's not as vivid as that one I just told. But it takes place, it takes place in an old Victorian castle on a stormy night, which is just like Ooh, says so much yes, about me set the scene. as a person. <laughs> so in the castle, living in this castle is um, an older gentleman. This gentleman's son and this and his son's fiance and i am like the entity narrator of this dream and so it turns out as i get further into this dream and this is like actually playing out like i'm telling it so it's like a movie so as i get further into this dream i realize that this man this young man who's living in the castle with his fiance used to be my ex-lover and oh my god the drama and i am right and i am just like pissed at this guy and like there's no background story it's just like in the moment and I just I know I'm just so angry and it, oh my god this is gonna sound so weird and it turns out so I'm like I'm like in the castle but not as a physical human being I'm like in the castle is like like as I said some like entity so I can see everything that's going on and I know they can feel my presence but they can't see me and it turns out that I send this young man a box of guts because oh. I'm so mad at him. Yeah. And he opens the box in front of his, in front of his fiance. And then like his father comes running into the room and then they all leave. And this was the weirdest part of the dream. They all leave the room and they go running down this hallway. And it was legitimately like, it was like a sweeping shot from a movie. Like you see them, all three of them running down the hall. And all I hear is, all I hear is me laughing. And I actually woke up laughing. <laughs> That's so diabolical. Oh my I love god! It. And it and it wasn't even like like a happy laugh because like I wasn't happy. I sent this guy Gus. I'm obviously like having some trouble in this dream, but like I, I woke up evil laughing, and it was. <laughs> it oh my god! No you sense. need to write from your dreams. They're oh so cool. And like everybody was in period costumes too, so this was like a real Victorian gothic dream, like. Everything was there. Everything was there. Wow. Yeah, it was intense. Oh my goodness. And like Freud and also, could what not. do you think about like past life? You're dreaming about like past lives. Have you ever had that thought? Um yes, but most of my dreams are so out of this world that I've never really connected with any of them on that kind of on that um level, level because yeah, because they're so fantastical. Mm. that like there's no way I can't picture myself having lived a life like that in a past life I did do a tarot spread a, um, a past life tarot spread um I don't I wrote it down in my um book of shadows but off the top of my head I can't remember I think it, I think there was some 
um, healer aspects in there and like creative energy. Um, totally see the creative yeah. thing. Yeah, but um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Again, I wrote it down, but I I think there was like some creative energy and like he like healer energy in there as well, but I can't remember the details. So do you do like a lot of rituals? Is that like a part of your practice or do you not really relate to that or Um I I do like rituals. Um I do uh, yeah, as I said a lot of my practice revolves around just like daily rituals because again like my practice is um a lot of writing and just like finding the magic in the written word. So just sitting down and reading for me is a ritual. Totally. So I I work I live pretty close to where I work so it doesn't take me very long to get there but I get up early in the morning so I can read um because yeah because I do a lot of my reading in the morning and I just like I sit and I just drink a coffee and it's very it's very ritualistic to me um what a quaint morning yeah and I do I haven't I did my first spell in a long time the other day um I've done a few spells I've written a few uh, most of them regarding like uh, I have a spell for creativity just to kind of like spark my ideas kind of thing, but I hadn't written one in a long time. So when I do sit down and do something like that, it's um, I do a lot of tone cleansing. So like I have a bell. Um, so I either tone cleanse with a bell or just like some sort of like humming of some kind to whichever tune kind of comes into my head. And then I will uh, sit down, write the spell. And I don't necessarily do the, like, I usually don't do the spell that same day because I let it just kind of like, like sit for a while. And I usually come back to it and um, edit it a few times. Um, I also do sigils and I um, carve them into candles. So cool. Yeah. So that's a big ritual for me because like I light my candles and then I, I just get the candles from like the dollar store and I have Mm -hmm. a carving tool and I just, so I, the sigils, I, I make, I write down in my book of shadows first and that can take anywhere from like a week to like a few months to get the right one. Um, and then have you when ever had I, them like come true, whatever you're doing? Um, or is it like more generic where it's like really hard to say yes or no? It's kind of hard to say because once you do it, it's more like you just don't do it. You Like it's not like you just do it and it comes true. You have to like make it come true yourself. Does that make sense? Yes. So like you have it's to like put, planting so I, a seed. Yeah. So say I did a spell for creativity. I can't just sit around waiting for an idea to come to my head because that's not how it works. I would have to write every day or um, write poetry or do word sprints and then maybe the idea will come to me. So it's not like you can't sit around in like in terms of spells. I don't know if you've ever done anything like this before, but in terms of spells, like it's not. Like, I wish you could just, like, do, like, a money spell and, like, money would come to you. But that's, yeah, you have to do the work in order to make it work. Does that make sense? Totally. You're so yeah. earthy. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's So grounded. And I it's, love it. And it's, yeah. So, like, you just have to, um, and I leave it on my, like, I leave it on my altar so I can see it every day. So, like, when you see something and you think about it, it's more likely that you will put the work in to do it. Right? Totally. Yeah. So, like, a lot of my sp- like, again, a lot of them just have to do with creativity or even, like, self-confidence spells, that kind of stuff. So just something to, like, make you feel good and then you go out into the world and you feel good and maybe that will um, 
put a good spin on your day. And that, and that might even lead to self-confidence in your creative endeavors, which may lead to the creativity spell coming true. So it's all just, it's all entwined, right? So what do you think about like speaking things into existence? Yes, I have actually recently started doing that. So usually I wouldn't have, I, it's going to sound so weird. I, I used to feel silly saying things out loud to myself because I, because I live by myself. Um, but I think it's words have power, right? Totally. Um, and like obviously written down, they have power, but I think spoken aloud, they have a lot of power. So I usually actually say my spells out loud when I do them. Yes. Um, yeah. And they usually, so they're more like the spells are more poetry, I guess you could say. Totally. Um, the first, I'm, I can't remember the first spell I did, but um, it involved fire and it was very intense. I love but that. I for, but I forget what it was for. But um, yeah, so if you say the words out loud, it does, it has a definitely a different kind of power to it. And I've started doing that more often, even if I just like whisper them, right? Yes. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely has a really good power to it. Do you have any like witchy books that you love, whether like <gasps> fictional or non-fictional? Oh, man. I'm going to have to get up and go to my bookshelf because I have a ton. Totally. And I'm going to tell you all the names for, yeah, I'm going to tell you all the names for them. I can think of one right off the top of my head that I love. And it's one of my favorite books. Hold on. I have to turn on my light. Ah, There we go. Okay. So I'm standing in front of my bookshelf and I have it, of course, I have it sorted by category. (laughs) Uh-huh. I love that. Um, You're such see. a librarian. Um, so uh, let's see here. So Light Magic for Dark Times was one of my favorites. And that's by, by Lisa Marie, and I'm going to say her last name wrong. I feel awful. Uh, Lisa Marie Basile, and that's uh, B-A-S-I-L-E. And she is the founder of Luna Luna Magazine. I don't know if you've heard of that before. No. Um, but it's basically... Um, uh, I will read you the tagline on the book. It's more than a hundred spells, rituals, and practices for coping in a crisis. Mm, we all and need that. Um, it's oh, it's it's one of my favorite books. Um, I also really enjoyed Weed the Liminal, which was by Laura Tempest Zakroff, who is also one of my favorite authors. Uh, let's see what else do I have here? Oh, I have the Creative Tarot by Jessica Crispin, and it's a great book. Um, I come back to it all the time. So um, they examine each tarot card um, creatively and how it would um, how it would pertain to um, different creative projects you might be working on. And it's really good. Ooh, that's very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I recently bought Waking the Witch by Pam Grossman. Ooh, I also um, that. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm actually, I usually read one nonfiction and well, I guess this would count as nonfiction, but I usually read say one history book, one fantasy book and one witch book at the same time. I like to bounce um, around. So actually, yeah. And I actually think that um, Pam Grossman's book is going to be my next, my next read. But so those are my f- favorite books. I actually pre-ordered a couple of books that I'm really looking forward to. Um, so those should be, I'm not sure when they're coming out. I just, pre-order them so I would get a nice surprise in the mail when they came out I love getting book gifts yeah 
yeah, it's it's the best. And as you well, probably to guess, yourself I love are the best. <laughs> are the best. And I just and as you probably guess, books are like books have literally been the constant in my life since forever. So they're just I just love them so much. They are I could like talk about so them for- grounding. I mean, it's oh, like an, yeah. also like a very tangible thing to like hold. I mean, made yeah. out of trees. Like, and I'm gonna be of that. And, and they're just like people leave all the time, right? But like books are literally always there for you, always. Oh, and I've I just love that, that. Yeah, and it's just they never. They've literally, and this is gonna sound so cheesy, but they've literally never let me down. Oh. And it's just, yeah, and it's just like, like I hate to say that like books are my best friend, but damn, I just <laughs> they are just like love them to death, love them to death. I love books. I'm and with you. I recently um, moved into a new place, and my parents came over, and my dad stood in my living room, and he's like, "There are a lot of books here," and I was like, "Perfect, that's exactly the vibe I was going for." Yes. <laughs> I want it to look booky. <laughs> yeah, like there's just like I have literally there's three books on my kitchen table, there's two books on my coffee table, and like eight books on my other coffee table. <laughs> oh, that is so fun. And like a lot of them are like coffee table books, so things people can just flip through, but they're still books. So what are some of your favorite coffee table books? Okay, so you just opened a whole can of worms. I'm just gonna go into it. Perfect. Um <laughs> So I'm a big fan of the musical Hamilton Ooh, um, and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the writer of Hamilton. Um, he came out with a big book on it um, and it's like just like a behind the scenes of the musical. And that's one of my coffee table books. It's a beautiful book. It's bound really nicely. Um, the pages are really thick. They're like old parchment. It's really beautiful. Ooh. Um, I have um, Sylvia Plath is here and it is her... Uh, the Letters of Sylvia Plath, Volume 1, 1940 to 1956. And it's about a thousand pages. It's really big. Um, she was uh, she was a letter writer. And I think that's an art that's kind of like a lost art now because a lot of writers don't write letters anymore. Totally. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful book. Uh, I have an old copy of Anna Karenina, which is Leo Tolstoy. And mm. um, I've read it. But this copy is purely for aesthetic purposes only. Um, and then one more. I have Florence and the Machine came out with a poetry book. So like, sorry, a lyrics and poetry book a few Ooh. years ago. And it's very climped. So her, so her newest album is, um, was it her newest album? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember which one it was. But either way, it's very Gustav Klimt if you're familiar with uh, that artist's work at all. It's very like collage gold. Um, it's it's a beautiful book, and it's uh, just about all her albums. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful, but I'm biased because I'm a huge fan. So that sounds so cool. Are you? Do you like yeah. cookbooks? Um, I have a few cookbooks. I used to love them. I just haven't looked at them in a very long time. Um, I'm obsessed with some of my favorite cookbooks. Are what Katie ate? Have you ever heard of? Okay. That? No, I've never heard of it before. It's so beautiful. And the oh, recipes I should look it up. are amazing. Um, I should definitely look it up for sure. That's like the first one that comes to mind that I'm like, I just love that as my t- coffee table cookbook. Now, is it beautiful because the pictures are beautiful? Yes. She's like a, yeah? um, a food photographer also. 
even better. So the combination between that, ah, mm-hmm. I just love it. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to look that up because I do love a good aesthetically pleasing cookbook. Me too. Mm-hmm, it like mm-hmm. makes you want to make the thing. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. So what do you do like numerology with tarot where like you figure out like what year you're going into? Um, currently I have not dived that deep yet. Um, but, um, I think, I think, uh, the word which Claire Burgess, she, she mm-hmm. does a lot of numerology, correct? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I think so. Um, so I was listening to her other uh, podcast the other day and, um, they were talking about numerology and tarot and, and like a lot of tarot readers do do numerology. So, um, I've been looking because of my depth here, I'm technically not allowed to start any new projects. So I think, um, yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) I think once, but technically it counts as tarot. So if I come across it in a tarot book, okay. um, So when's your birthday? January 24th, actually. So it's coming up. Okay, so 1 plus 2 plus 4 plus 2 plus 2. So you'd be going into an 11 year. So just Okay. Oh. That's cool. Okay. That's cool. That's interesting. I like, yeah, I like the justice card. I have a lot of problems. Not problems. I have a lot of... I have a lot of trouble interpreting the Hierophant. Um, mm. But, um, yeah... Uh, so that's one of the cards I have a lot of issues interpreting. I think it just, the meaning for me hasn't like it's clicked, but it hasn't clicked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're coming out of a 19 year. So what would that be? That is the sun card. I think so. I think so. I'm really bad with the Roman numerals at the top. How's how's the past year been? The past year has been Absolutely. Actually, it's probably been one of the best years I've ever lived. So, oh my God, so sunny. Yeah, yeah, so very sunny. I would definitely say that it was. Oh, it's the no, yeah, the moon yeah? is the eighteenth. So oh, there you go. Yeah, the sun would be after that. Well, that's actually I should have. This is very interesting. This will make me look into numerology more because that's I, very uh, accurate. It is very accurate <laughs> because, like, of course, there were a few bumps, right? But. um yeah, it was a, yeah, probably out of the last decade, it was probably the best year for me. I love that. What made yeah. it so great? I just, so I got out of my parents' house, love them to death, but I love finally got that. out of their house. That's a sun moment. Yeah. And I, uh, uh, I'm just, I have this cute little apartment and it's just, I've read so many books this past year. Oh, it and fabulous. Yeah. And I've just, you know, kind of just coming to my own. I've had a lot of people, so I'll be turning 31 and I've had a lot of people tell me that the thirties were their best decades. So I think I have a lot of, a lot to look forward to. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I just turned 30. Oh, did you? I did. My birthday was last week. Oh, well, happy belated. Thank you. I, so I've only been 30 for a year. (laughs) I've only been in my thirties. a year though. But it's so far, like, I have a lot of friends who, like, kind of, kind of not moaned about it, but we're scared to turn 30 because it, it's a big number, right? Um, not big as in terms of, like, old, but it's big as in terms of, like, 
adult, quote unquote. Like monumentous. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them weren't looking forward to it. But I just, I just hit the ground running and I just, it's, it is great. And I think we have a lot to look forward to in our 30s. Totally. I agree. Mm -hmm. Ooh, the Mm -hmm, justice mm -hmm. card. So interesting. It is. I'm going to have to keep that in mind because, um, it's good to look at these things and then come back to it at the end and see totally. how how everything kind of fell in line, you know? Um, and again, that's why numerology interests me. Only very recently, though, as I said, I was listening to a few podcasts and it it um it it um sparked my interest. Cause as I said earlier, my like my um tarot style is very archetypal, like it's very um st- storytelling in that way and I hadn't gotten down to the numerology part of it yet so that's definitely something I will have to uh, add to my list of things to learn very fair very fair Mm -hmm, we'll mm -hmm, add it mm -hmm. but for now the depth year yes yes we can't add any more things right now well it's (laughs) interesting because like the justice card feels very like going into the depths of something oh it definitely does yeah and I think that's very um very uh apropos shall i say oh so telling <laughs> so telling definitely so will you leave us with like some of your maybe like give us like a handful of just some of your other favorite books oh okay um so i'm currently looking at my um comic book shelf so i also read a lot of graphic novels as well love it um let me I'm very bad at names which is kind of awful so I recently read um the twilight man about Rod Sterling the creator of the twilight zone Mm. um which is one of my favorite shows and the comic book is by uh Corin Shadney um so it's a book about uh Rod Sterling and the creation of the twilight zone and it was really good so I recommend that to anybody who is um interested in the twilight zone or Rod Sterling in general uh, it was very, very good. So that definitely for comic books and for fiction books. I've read so many lately. I think I read 43 books this year, like this Whoa. past year, which is like I have friends who read like in the hundreds who just read hundreds of books. But Overachievers. I, <laughs> I cannot, <laughs> I cannot read that many books, but I'm standing in front of my bookshelf right now because every time I'm asked about my favorite books, my mind just goes blank, which makes no sense. Um, so if anybody's interested in fantasy, um, the Broken Earth series by N.K. Jemison is one of my absolute favorites. So the first book in the series is called The Fifth Season, and it's written in the second person. So um, it was a little it was a little hard to get used to because I've never actually read a book in the second person before. Um, so that was, it's literally one of my favorite series. Um, Brandon Sanderson is one of my favorite authors. He does a lot of fantasy. You can start with um, the Stormlight Archives. Uh, the first book in that is The Way of Kings. Um, and then we have Catherine Arden, who wrote uh, The Bear and the Nightingale, uh, The Girl in the Tower, and The Winter of the Witch. So that takes place in uh, Russia in the Middle Ages. And it's about a young girl who discovers that she's a witch and it's uh, perfect. It's a great series. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Poetry, obviously Sylvia Plath, anything. 
um, I suggest starting with Ariel, uh, the restored edition. Um, so it's um, a facsimile. I'm just reading the uh, side of the spine here. A facsimile of Plath's manuscript, reinstating her original selection and arrangement. And I have a couple more poetry suggestions. Richard Seekin, one of my favorite poets, he wrote a collection called Crush. It is absolutely fantastic. And um, Tracy K. Smith, who I think was the poet laureate last year, I think, or it could have been the year before. And that one's called Life on Mars. And it was, uh, it's, so her father, I'm pretty sure, worked at NASA. So it's very spacey. Um, and it's also inspired by David Bowie. So it was Ooh. a great collection. Yeah, yeah. So cool. And oh I think, God, I like, I could go those. on forever, but... Those are my top picks for sure. Ooh, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, no problem. I had a really great time. Oh my God, me too. I love talking with you. I think I rambled a lot. So, um... oh my God, that's what this <laughs> podcast is. Oh, great. Good, 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 good. Tell us where we can find you on the interwebs. Oh, sure. So, um, I'm just on, I actually just started a Facebook account for, um, my tarot reading and that's just the parchment crone um do you want me to spell that out definitely okay so uh parchment is p-a-r-c-h-m-e-n-t and crone is c-r-o-n-e and they're all separate words so the parchment crone and instagram is the same handle but it's just a bit different so it's the parchment so t-h-e-p-a-r C-H-M-E-N-T underscore crone, which is C-R-O-N-E. And um, I post mostly every day, sometimes more than once per day. So I'm pretty active there. Um, and also, can I, I'm actually starting a podcast too. Am I allowed to uh, oh plug God, that as yes. well? Okay. So my friend and I are starting a podcast. Actually, it's in the beginning. So it's not in the very beginnings. We're just planning some episodes now. So it's going to be called The Crone and the Alchemist. Oh, that is so fun. Yeah. So it's just going to be um, us discussing, because we're both witches. So it's just going to be us discussing witch topics. Um, we have different topics picked already. So um, look for that. Hopefully near the end of the month, the beginning of the month, I'm going to be posting it on my Facebook and my Instagram as well. And do you offer readings for people? I I do. So um, right now I only do over email because um, as I discussed earlier, my style of reading is very metaphor heavy. And sometimes it takes me, ooh, I don't know, a couple of hours to write out like this, like the piece of the story that I'm doing for a, for a client. Um, so sometimes they can be like two, like one to two pages long, depending on um, what the reading is. Um, they're all $10 across the board. Um, and I usually do, I usually pull about five cards. Wow. You're so affordable. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's something I love doing for people. So I just figured 10 bucks across the board is a good price. Totally. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you are <laughs> like a gem. I'm so excited oh. that I found you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. What a wealth of knowledge. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited for your podcast. Oh, we are very, very much looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be good. Yeah. You're such a natural talker. You think so? Totally. Oh, man. I was so worried. Oh, Lord. I had so much <laughs> fun just listening. 
Oh, great. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. Well, do you want to like leave us with any last things or did I like squeeze you of all your juice? No, I just I just want if any like beginners in anything are listening. So whether that be tarot or witchcraft, I just I just want people to know that it can be scary at first and a little bit overwhelming. But once you once you start and find your groove, it's so rewarding. And, and it's just, it's, it's a very accepting Instagram community. And it's, and like nobody, like, I didn't know there was such thing as a literary witch, right? Like, it's just, you can, you can make it yours and it's just so fantastic. Yes. The world is your Mm -hmm. oyster. The world is your oyster. Yes, absolutely. Your witchy oyster. My witchy oyster. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Yes. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Blind Love Radio. Follow me on Instagram if you want to connect. Say hello at Blind Love Tarot. And definitely connect with C on Instagram, the Parchment Crone. Definitely reach out to her for a reading and just to say hi, and we'd love to connect with you. So thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please, if you have the time, rate and review the pod. Give it five stars. It only takes a second, but the good vibes ripple out forever. So that's a fact. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having an easy ish <laughs> easy ish is i think the best we can hope for right best case scenario of the mercury retrograde it's so interesting like watching this play out in people's lives that around me um ah yeah like having like old friends text you i feel like that's a big like retrograde thing um like reminiscing about your past, like telling stories. Um, Also, you know, you have the usual miscommunications, yada, yada, yada. But definitely pay attention to your dreams right now, Pisces. Yes, I feel like I had like a dream of like old friends in a photo booth, which is like so Pisces retrograde, I can't even. Um, But yeah. Tell me, I want to hear how your retrograde is going. Definitely send me a DM. Let me know. I'm into the weird shit. Tell me what's happening. All right. I will see you next week with another episode. I love you guys. Oh, last thing I forgot. Um, Big shout out to Florence and the Machine for our theme music today. It is the song Dog Days Are Over. You guys know it. You love it. Big shout out to Florence.
Run for the 